because it, it's weird. I've reflected on this a lot just in my own time because I, I want, I feel like I'm in a really, really cool place, which is, and that a place that's exactly where I want to be. Right. And, but it was, it was kind of a, a circuitous route, but it really does all go back to, to superheroes. I'm, I'm really boring like that. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Ebenezer Samuel, fitness director for Men's Health Magazine. Eb's career didn't start in the fitness space. And he spent years as a sports reporter covering major professional leagues before he became a face behind one of wellness's most storied magazine brands. We chat about how superheroes inspired Ebb's fitness passion, where nerd culture and fitness culture intersect, and the most challenging things Ebb has tackled in his role with men's health, including a pole dancing, yeah, pole dancing, workout that challenged him like nothing else before. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com newsletter to become the smartest person in your gym. Eb Samuel, thanks so much for joining us. You worked out right before this recording, which I think is very on brand for you. So I got to ask, how has your quarantine fitness been? My, my quarantine fitness, uh, first of all, jumping right into it, not even messing around. Um, my quarantine fitness has actually been really good. Uh, and part of that's because like, I, I don't think I would, I think if it wasn't, I wouldn't be here to talk to you. I would be going insane because it's such a big part of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I, I, um, when this got started, I had some weights and I'd kind of been over the years. I mean, in this business, you kind of know this job, you kind of just collect stuff. And I wasn't really sure why I was collecting it. I always assumed it was, you know, for a zombie apocalypse or something like that. I wasn't really sure, but I I was just collecting all these, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells here and there. And then when this happened, so when this happened, I I had stuff to work with. And I really quickly mobilized as soon as it seemed like, oh, wow, I'm really not going to be able to go to a gym for a while. And I made sure to get a bunch of stuff, just the essentials that I were what I considered essentials. And so I've actually had quality workouts i miss working out with people and i miss the barbell because that's the one thing i mean i have a barbell but i can't really load it up for a bench press you know there's things you can't really do without a gym and without somebody who can really spot you so i missed that but workout wise it took me a little while then then i finally got into that zone so it's actually been kind of cool because for a long time i was training among people and then they kind of provide you that that sort of external motivation for sometimes when you don't really have it but it's been kind of cool to sit back and i'm basically training myself with the exceptions of saturdays when i i'll get in a session with don saladino we'll both kind of push each other a little bit but it's been good to force myself to kind of make sure that my motivation for how i'm training and how i stay intense and why i'm going up in my next set and why I'm making sure I hit my next exercise and why I'm doing that, you know, last interval on the rower, 
like that has to come from me. And so it's been good to kind of dig deep and discover that. And that answer was way too long. So I apologize. <laughs> no, that was, that was great. I think there's a, there's an intrinsic motivational aspect of working out at home. It's something that I've certainly felt. And I think it's kind of bettered my perspective on what, what am I training for? Am I training just to show up and be present with someone, which is, is cool. Or am, am I training for, you know, for my own self well-being and, and can we take the social aspect out of that and there still be enough to get me to actually show up for a workout, even if showing up is just going in my backyard or my living room. So that makes a lot of sense. You mentioned hoarding equipment, not hoarding equipment, but collecting <laughs> fitness equipment for the zombie apocalypse. And you also mentioned Don Saladino, who's also been on the Barben podcast is in your zombie apocalypse fitness team. Is yes. Don on the team? Does he make the cut? Oh, God. how many people do I get on the team? You didn't tell me, you know. Um, yeah, Don definitely does. We've, we've kind of gotten to know each other probably over the last two or three years. And it's there's so many, there are a lot of great trainers out there, obviously, and a lot of just great fitness people. But every so often you just kind of jive with somebody because you train similar or you're in, you have very similar goals and very similar styles. And that's me and Don. So we, we differ on enough stuff where we can kind of enrich each other's workout when we get together. But we're similar in enough stuff that it's like it's kind of like okay we're training arms so he wants to do a curl it's not as if i'm coming at him with something random like okay let's do power cleans all of a sudden so it's been really great he's one of my favorite guys what would you say your style of training or how would you sum up your style of training i've been following you on social media for a while you do a lot of a, a lot of uh let's call it superset movements focusing on a particular body part or muscle group for, for a day. So it seems like you have a, a fairly, I, I'd call it specific split in your personal training, but how would you kind yeah. of sum up how you're, how you're training? And, and maybe the better question is what you're training for. What am I training for? So some, um, there's a, it's, there's a couple of things going in there. So let me try to piece through that a little bit. Um, in terms of style, I kind of, I like to view myself and I don't necessarily know if this is true. It could just be my ego being in the way sometimes. Um, but I like to view myself as sort of, um, a fusion of a couple of different styles. I came up in, in bodybuilding. I feel like everybody who's, you know, um, late twenties, early thirties did just cause that was kind of the thing. Right. And so I came up in that very quickly sort of realized that, by the time I was, I guess, 24, 25, that that probably wasn't the best way for me to be doing things and to reach the goals that I have. My overall goal is, makes, is, is pretty, I guess, simplistic. I, or I like to keep, I like to say that I want to be a superhero and it's never going to happen because I can't fly, but I kind of, I kind of, I want like this, I want to look strong and look the superhero part. Um, and I want to also perform like an athlete. So, you know, I want to, you know, stay quick, stay athletic, um, be able to run, be able to jump, be able to do, um, at the on a very simplistic level, cool things. Um, so I try to make sure that, and I think I, I try to make sure that my training sort of facilitates that, you know, so I kind of, I still have the bodybuilding in there because that is, to me, an aesthetic component. So I, I, it, it's, I'm very influenced by bodybuilding, but I'm also very influenced by um, gymnastics ideas, um, functional fit, functional training, um, and some of the CrossFit movement. I'm not necessarily crazy about everything, and I don't necessarily grab everything from there, but I grab pieces of that. And I try to put it all together to kind of give me what um, – to kind of give me 
the goals that I want because I want to be able to go into a CrossFit class and not and and hang, you know. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I have enough of that in my program. But I want to be able to, you know, I want to, you know, maybe spend a little bit more time on my biceps than say a gymnast or a CrossFitter. So I have that in my program too. Um, I like to kind of say I'm, I want to be ready for anything, partly because my job requires me to be ready for anything because here they may asked me to put together a video workout that has to be functional fitness. And then the next week they may ship me out to the West coast to go lift with a strongman. So I just, I try to stay versatile. I don't know if that answers your question at all, but that's my, I, that, that answers my question perfectly. You were just yeah. so on the nose. And that's such the, that's the mark of a journalist and someone who's like spoken at a lot of events and panels. Did that, they give an amazing answer. And they're like, did that answer your question? It's like, of course it did. Ab. <laughs> you gave an amazing answer. I want to pick apart one little thread of that. You talk <laughs> about, you want to be a superhero. I've actually seen you post on on social media a couple of times. You basically like added Marvel Studios and been like, "Look guys, I'm available here." It's just a picture of you like with a sick pump after a workout. You're like, "I'm available. Reach out to me if you need someone for this role." Who if you could portray any character on screen, Marvel or DC universes, hmm. who would it be? Which superhero? Namer. 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 Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought when they had, who is, oh God, I can't remember. Shang-Chi. Is that the one that's, uh, that they're prepping right now? That's correct. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, it crossed my mind, but I'm not, I, I grew up, see, that's the thing. I grew up on comic books too. I grew up, you know, on nineties X-Men and Spider-Man when the, when they were the cartoons on Fox. In fact, um, fun fact, I, I like rewatched those on Disney plus. That's like my reason for a Disney plus subscription. Um, <laughs> So I, I grew up on that, but, um, but when, then I spent a lot of time reading comic books. I read like X-Force, so Deadpool, Cable, and I came up on this, 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 I thought he was Asian at the time. I wasn't really sure. Um, and that's Namer. So all the others are kind of taken. And, you know, if I could, if I could be, if I could be one, it would probably be Namer. I do have, you know, if they ever went to say an Asian Captain America, I would totally be down to to do that too. So Marvel, if you're listening, you know, let, let's get this to them. There's there are there are there's this very able guy named Eb Marvel, and he's already in game shape, right? You don't need to spend six months getting him ready for the screen as far as superhero shape. Let's get some Asian American representation up there, and let's exactly. get Eb in one of these roles, even if you have to cast him as a villain, right? Playing a villain would be fun. I'll take an extra. Yeah, being a villain. Uh, I feel like I have the the whole death stare thing down and I probably do that better than I smile. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'll take it. He'll take industry minimum rates. I'll be his agent. I'm going to, I'm going to go pitch you to some networks after this. Absolutely. Absolutely joking. But at the same time, I, I do think it's an interesting, it's an interesting point about, um, uh, how what we grow up with, and I was a big comic book nerd, still am a big comic book nerd, I still buy comic books, how it influences kind of how we perceive the ideal versions of ourselves, whether we're working out to be strong, look like a superhero, move like a superhero. You have an interesting background career-wise. You're the fitness director at Men's Health, but you don't have, I mean, you you, you had a career in, in content, in journalism, even before you had kind of combined that with your pursuit of, of fitness or your love of fitness, I have my own kind of personal story about my love of content and journalism intersecting with my love of fitness. But tell us about how you kind of came to be in this specific role where you are today. Yeah, you really re- you did your research for this one. Um, oh, I'm, I'm a pro. I've recorded I've recorded like 80 plus podcasts on this thing. I'm ready to go, man. 
Yeah. Um, no, no. Um, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm going to bring up the superhero thing again, because it, it's weird. I've reflected on this a lot just in my own time, because I, I want to feel like I'm in a really, really cool place, which is and that, a place that's exactly where I want to be. Right. And but it was, it was kind of a, a circuitous route, but it really does all go back to, to superheroes. I'm, I'm really boring like that. Cause the way I, the, the thing I always want, like I'm, I'm literally the kid. Have you ever seen unbreakable? Like I loved oh, unbreakable. That's one of my favorite movies. I'm yeah. not even, I'm not even kidding. I have made my girlfriend watch that movie with me like three times. It's an amazing film. Yes, I've made I've made my wife watch it too. I was very disappointed in Glass. This is a a, a training, obviously, podcast, not a movie podcast, so we don't have to go there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but hey, hey, in the movie Unbreakable, there is a very famous bench press scene. All right, so it it yeah. it, it, it it works. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that was me in my basement when I was like like fourteen. But the the thing to me is I've always again like I've always really really I'm heavily influenced by superheroes. I have like every you know Superman, Batman, Green Lantern T shirt, everything in my closet. I used to wear all that stuff all the time. Then my wife was like, "No, you need to stop." But um, heavily influenced by that, and I I I feel like when you grow up. You, I was almost like, look, I, I could not jump off a building and land safely. That's just a bad idea. Um, but what you kind of discover or what I kind of found is I kind of came to, to bodybuilding and Arnold and stuff like that. And those guys all look the superhero part, right? So that's kind of half the game. And then the other half of the game is, is who performs the superhero part. And then you're looking at like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Alan Iverson, these, these, uh, these great athletes. Look at Odell Beckham a couple of years ago making that ridiculous one handed catch, um, against the Cowboys. And I was, I was at that game. It was really cool. But, um, so to me, it's like athletes are the guys who, you know, they, um, bodybuilders look superheroic, you know, um, crossfitters look superheroic, you know, powerlifters and, and power, crossfitters and powerlifters perform superheroic, but it's our athletes, crossfitters, powerlifters, football players, basketball players who are doing the superheroic feats. And so, you know, I always wanted to be, I was like, okay, I'm going to grow up and be in the NBA, right? Unfortunately, you have to be like, like six, four to be in the NBA. Um, and I'm five, nine. So that just wasn't happening. So it was, it was almost like, how can I, I think I spent sort of my, my college years. I have a, I graduated actually undergrad with a degree in accounting, but it was mainly because I was trying to play sports in college and it just really wasn't working. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of realized after undergrad, Oh wow, I, I, I'm not going to be a pro athlete. So what's the closest I can get to, um, a pro athlete. Right. Um, how can I spend time around them, learn from them, figure out ways to get as, as athletic as them? Because obviously whatever I did in college and high school, and I was kind of like a late blooming, um, just human in terms of, you know, growing into my body and feeling it out and stuff like that. Um, how can I like, like kind of touch those people and understand how they do what they do? And because obviously I couldn't figure it out, you know? Um, and I kind of, so somehow I was always a, a pretty decent writer. I came to um, sports journalism. Syracuse had a, a grad journalism program. It was like one year intensive. Um, I was a good enough writer to kind of get in there. Um, and I, I took that with the intention of, you know, I want to get into sports journalism because to me, like I didn't really understand the whole training thing, like, or the idea of, Oh, the guy behind, 
an athlete is his trainer, right? To me, I almost, to me, I was, my thinking was if I want to figure out how to dunk a basketball, let me go to the guy who dunks the basketball best and ask him. And if I'm in the locker room, I can ask, say, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, locker rooms don't work that way and they're completely different beasts. But that was my whole, that was my whole idea. Um, and long story short from that, I basically, I took that one year journalism course, was lucky enough to get an internship to the New York Daily News uh, in their sports department. Um, pretty much didn't leave there for, for um, I, I, I actually, I briefly, I, I left there briefly to enter in the ESPN, the magazine came back to the daily news and didn't leave there. And pretty much, um, you know, I'm covering sports. I, you know, I, I went to, I covered a Super Bowl. I think I covered two Super Bowls, um, did some NBA stuff, did a little bit of baseball stuff. Baseball stuff is not fun. Um, <laughs> baseball stuff. The baseball season is a grind. I actually covered the college world series when I was interning for an NPR really? affiliate years ago. It is a grind, man. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Every day. Yeah. Baseball, um, <laughs> baseball is a grind. That's a really good word for it. But, um, but the whole time I'm going in, right. Um, and I enjoyed it because again, I'm a sports fan and I'm a fan of these guys doing these, you know, superhero things. There's nothing li- like the last dance loved it. Right. Because you watch all these highlights and it's like this guy, Michael Jordan, like doesn't come out of the air. Like, how does he do that? He's triple clutching on guys. Right. Um, you know, and, and so being around that was great, but the whole time, you know, and I'm, I was enjoying the experience, enjoying kind of getting to know these guys, but the whole time, all I want to do is train with them. Right. Like I covered the, uh, um, one of the highlights of my like journalism career before I do what I'm doing now is, um, I covered, um, the giants for several years. And so I got to know guys like Steve Weatherford, right. Um, I got to know guys like Victor Cruz. I got to know a couple of the offensive linemen and, you know, all the, all the other guys in the locker room, they're asked, they'll ask these guys about the game and stuff like that. Um, and I was the weird journalist who would go up to these guys after they were asked all their questions about football and contracts and stuff like that. And I'd be like, yo, so what do you do for your apps? You know, well, I'd be like, yo, <laughs> what's, your, what's your, what's your training split, Victor? What? <laughs> exactly. You know, I remember there was one time, uh, one of the coolest experiences I had was, uh, when I, when I first it was probably my first year there. And again, like, but I, I just wanted to see Weatherford, uh, if you've ever seen him in, in ridiculous shape, right. He looks like a bodybuilder, not a punter. Um, and he was always jacked like that. And I remember being in the, uh, in the locker room and I had just had a conversation with him. I'm like, Whoa, this guy's a punter. So like, you know, you can't, you know, it's hard to talk to some of the bigger name players. He's a puncher, right? And he's Jack. So I was like, dude, what the heck do you take supplement wise? Cause I need to get it. And he literally, he was like, send me your phone number and I'll text you the whole list. Right. Um, and I went right out and bought all that stuff and granted, you know, not, not all of it worked for me. Cause you know, I was young and different bodies and stuff like that and stuff I didn't realize at the time, but it's like, that's what I enjoyed doing. Um, was like, I mean, it, it, you know, it was great to cover the sports and enjoy the moments, but it was like interacting with these guys and kind of learning the science of fitness. I would love going to like the combine and watching guys do the 40 yard dash and kind of analyzing their sprint technique and stuff like that. Talking to scouts about, um, this guy turns his hips better and oh, it's because he does this in his training or we saw him do this. Like that was something I was super passionate about. Right. So I did that for, I want to say like, like six or seven years, you know, eventually they move you to other stuff. So I did some columns and stuff like that, all fun stuff. But 
in the back of my mind, I was always, I always enjoyed that kind of fitness aspect. And then, mm. um, about like, I want to say three or four years ago. And again, I come from news, I come from newspaper and newspapers are great, but you, you know, journalism, you know, the business and you know how not exactly the best career move these days. Right. So and, and, and maybe unpredictable career move. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Fair, fair. Exactly. Cause I, I really love everything I learned there. But, you know, I was at the Daily News and things were getting a little nuts. And I remember seeing this opening for Men's Health Fitness Editor, right? Um, and on the one hand, I was like, I don't have any, you know, technical. I had, I had trained a couple of people kind of, you know, like you train, you train some people. I had a background in it, right? Um, I had some minors and stuff like that from college in it, okay? So I had some experience, but I didn't, you know, I hadn't done it for like, five or six years. And it wasn't my career, you know, my career and everything I had built around was, Hey, I want to be around these athletes, um, to, um, you know, I want to be around these athletes and kind of like, that's like going to be just what I do. Right. Um, but I was, I w- I started thinking to myself, could I do this? Fitness is really like, I was the guy who, um, if you, it, when, when you go to an NFL, when you go on an NFL road trip, um, all the, like most of the media will land in that city. We'll get in on Saturday for a Sunday game. Right. And everybody will go out to dinner. Right. And I was the guy who I didn't go out to dinner. I was like, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Cause I'm going to go find the nearest gym. And like, I would research any city I went to, I would research a gym. Cause I was like, I'm too good for hotel gyms. Right. I need to find the goal. <laughs> not not yeah. too good these days. You probably kill for a hotel gym these days. <laughs> exactly. I kill for any gym. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I was that guy. Right. So, you know, I remember like, like I'm reminiscing way too much, but, um, but I was that guy. And so fitness was always, it's like, no matter what else was going and, and I love sports or whatever, but fitness was the backbone of it. And so I started thinking, could I do this and could I enjoy it? And could I love it? And the more and more I thought about it, the more I was like, I would probably, as much as I love sports, to sort of be involved in teaching fitness, especially because by then I had done some, like I had tried to make fitness dovetail into my journalism career whenever possible. You know, I was like, like I think there was one year the Giants had something like seven ACL tears on their team. And I, I did a, a feature on that because to me, I was super interested in how can all these guys have ACL tears is there something in their training that's off? And it was probably the most boring story to read if you look it up, because I basically talked to a bunch of doctors and talked to a bunch of trainers about, you know, balance between um, hamstrings and quads and, you know, um, rotational or, you know what I mean, moving laterally and whether cutting was and whether, you know, overtraining and all this stuff. It was probably the most boring story, but I had more fun reporting that than anything. And I remember thinking about that story and I was like, you know what? I would love to go to men's health. And just be able to sort of influence fitness, not in an influencer sense, right? But just influence fitness in terms of, you know, help to guide coverage and kind of create stories and bring new ideas in and sort of, you know, the one thing, um, you know, just sort of like be in that world. And so I applied for it, um, was lucky enough to get it. And the last three years have been so off the hook awesome. So, yeah. (laughs) One of your roles at Men's Health is that you try things out. 
you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you might be sent to the West Coast to lift with a strongman, or you might need to go to a CrossFit class, right, and do something functional or film a, a video of, with functional fitness. So you try mm-hmm. a lot of things out. One thing that I loved reading your take on was when you tried out pole dancing. And I believe you worked <laughs> out with J-Lo's trainer from, yeah. from Hustlers, right? So yeah. take us through that experience. Yeah. Um, so that was, first of all, that was, um, that was a very, very, um, last minute story, right? It kind of came together at the last moment. Um, her pole dancing instructor was super, um, was super nice. Um, Joanna Sapaki, I think her name was. And I actually want to, I legitimately want to do it again. Okay. Um, but it was a couple, um, First of all, it was it was a very drop in drop out trip. Basically, I flew into Miami. Um, God, I can't. I want to say a couple of days before. It might have been a day before the Super Bowl or something like that. I honestly, or no, it was after that. I can't remember when, but I flew in and flew out the same day, so I was tired, right? But you go into the studio, and again, like I by by this point in my career, I've done enough um, enough, I've, I've taken on enough of these challenges, if you will, to know, to know, to never underestimate anything, because even if it looks easy, it's super hard. Um, but she, first of all, she, she is, um, pole dancing is, I know we kind of, we tend to think of it in certain fashions or we might, but she was, she's like classically trained, Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that. Her form on everything was brilliant that she's trying to teach me all this stuff. The thing that caught me off guard the most. And again, I have some gymnastics background. I like playing around with, um, with, you know, holds both in yoga and just, you know, kind of, you know, dragon flags. I love kind of doing that stuff. So I thought I would be sort of ready for this. Um, and I'm, I, I think I'm fairly strong. So I thought I would be ready for this. The thing I was not ready for was the bar, right? Because that bar is just not your friend and anybody, <laughs> it's it's hard and and when you try to create grip on it and it's amazing the fact the amount the way she can uh she was able to create grip on it from so many angles and with so many parts of her body right with you know armpits elbows um you know the crease behind your knee uh, her um her ankle she was able to kind of create grip with it there and i um i'm not like the the toughest guy in the world in terms of, Hey, I'm just going to, um, just grab it and, you know, not let go. Um, and I was, you know, I had a lot, like, I was like, why does my knee hurt? You know? And she's like, no, that's just the pole. So that was probably the thing that, um, that caught me the most, um, the most off guard. Um, but it was, it was fun and very challenging. And, and once you kind of get over it, it took me, the lesson we had was probably about, she was trying to compress, um, obviously a lot of time with JLo into a, a pretty robust two hour lesson. Right. Um, and by the end I was, I was sort of dealing with the bar and then I was able to kind of pull off these holes. Right. Um, a couple of them. And again, my stuff is was sloppy. Okay. It was never going to be clean. Um, cause I was still trying to figure out how to hang out, how to hang on uh, upside down in the bar or whatever, but just your, your ability to, the thing you have to do there and the thing that's super fun is, um, is kind of, you have to find your, you have to find a neutral pelvis, if you will, in space and your ability, if you can do that. Okay. And that is not something that I tend to do well at first, especially when I'm grabbing a, a four inch pole that's trying to savagely attack my hands and every part of my body. 
um, if you can find that, then then um, then you can pull off some pretty cool stuff. It just it, I'm not great at that sense um, in an instant, um, but it, it's it's fun and it's there's so much just there, there's a lot of core strength involved as you can imagine, and a lot more um, shoulder stability strength than you, than than you might think. Because again, my, I was assuming it was going to be a lot of core. The shoulder stability stuff caught me off guard a little bit. What is something that you would like to try in your role at Men's Health? What gets you up every morning and makes you think, you know, Eb, because you're speaking to yourself in a third person here in my imagination. <laughs> this is what I really, this is what I really want to do. This is like an athletic feat I want to try, or this is the type of person I want to train with or learn from. Wow, um, I mean, there's there's so much, right? Because um, to me, I like like any time I can get out of my training groove and just experiment with stuff, I, I love it because I also feel like too, like you bring something or the thing I try to do is anytime I get to do any of this cool stuff, I want to attempt to. I feel like I feel like I one for for our magazine, right? I make our I make I give us a better product if I actually learn something there, right? So I try to carry something back to my training with it. And two, like, I feel like it makes my training that much stronger because it makes me more, more well-rounded and ready for the next thing. All of which, none of which answers your question. Um, but, <laughs> but still good background. Good. I, I appreciate the context. Yeah. I, I think, I think the, the two things I would, I would love to do. One is somebody who I would just, um, I would just um, love to train with, right? And that would just be, well, there, there are two people I'd love to train with. One is is The Rock, right? And I'm pretty sure like everybody says that. Because, I mean, that's, um, a good, that's like a default. That's like a default answer. You got to give someone beyond that too. That's like the, the middle space on a bingo card, right? That's a freebie. Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other person I would like to, I would really love to train with is, um, is Henry Cavill. And that goes back to, again, the superhero thing because he played Superman and Superman is my all-time favorite, right? Um, but also the, the way he's, I mean, it's, he, he's always been in pretty good shape, but he's changed his body. If you look at, say, the Immortals to um, to when he played Superman to then um, coming in, you know, for The Witcher and kind of, you know, the shoulder mobility because he did a lot of his own stuff for that, Um so those would be the, the that would be the guy I really really want to train with. Just when he's prepping for something, I can imagine that training is um is fun, right? I'd love to in general sort of again I, I program my own stuff, and I think that's really important for my role at Men's Health. To even though like you know I can I can go in and I, I don't mind somebody else. Again, I like to train with Don because we can kind of work like that. But I program my own stuff because I think that's important. But it would kind of be. It would be nice and fun to, hey, get that name or role, Marvel, if you're still listening, and have somebody else basically look at me and say, okay, you need to work on this and this and this to kind of complete or to get that superhero look. And this is exactly how you're going to get there and just sort of go through that and be steered. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, again, the NFL Combine, when it's interesting, when I was a, when I was um, probably every year since since I was 19 and when I was 19, this did not go well. Right. But I would, I would check the, I would, as soon as the NFL combine was done, right. I would go through and I would check in, especially when I was 19, when I got older, I kind of, um, I tweaked how I did this, but I would look at the very bottom of the list. Okay. And see who was the worst guy at benching 225 and see if I could beat him. Okay. So that was like fours and fives. And I was happy when I got six. Right. 
Um, but you know, I, I've always, I've done that every year. I'll check the combine and I'll see how many guys I can beat. And, you know, some years it's good. Some years it's like, oh, I got, okay, that's good. I could be a cornerback, right? But I would love to just kind of go through the entire NFL combine, you know, and kind of almost like deal with the stress that these guys, because, you know, you have to, you have to learn all those different mechanics and it, you have to learn all those different kind of skills. And because, you know, I consider, you know, broad and they're learning them as a skill, right? They're not just going out there and using natural ability, but they're learning them as a skill. And then you have to perform in one after the other after the other. And so I would love to just go through that experience and have to, I would love to go through it twice, once like on the fly, just as, hey, what I am right now. And then once after having trained for it and just see what the difference is. I'm going to pitch this to Netflix right now. Eb Eb and David do a combine. It's going to be uh it's going to be like a suit a, a mockumentary film. It's going to be us starting from nothing or you starting from something and just taking us through a year of training to participate in the NFL combine. And if you want to feel good about yourself, Eb, you'll have me there right alongside you because I won't make the progress you will. So I, I I'd watch it. That's must see TV. Must see TV. That's good. That's good. ESPN 30 for 30, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. What what if I what if I told you that only one of these editors knew what he was doing? That's the yeah. tagline. And it might not be me. Yeah. I, I also do I also do voiceover work ESPN. So if you're looking for a new voice for your for thir- for for 30 for 30, I am I am available, but I'm not cheap. No, I'm absolutely kidding. Eb, it has been fantastic to get to know a bit more about your background, your career, your your passions, and as a fellow comic book nerd, still active comic book nerd, I can certainly relate. Where is the best? Where are the best places I should ask for people to find out what's going on with Eb Samuel, his work at Men's Health, and also uh, your social media accounts. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, mentalhealth.com, obviously there's a lot of my work on there. So start, that's a really good start. Um, we also, we have an app, um, the all out studio app. So that's at all out studio on Instagram. And I have a bunch of workouts there. If anybody wants kind of like a very directed program that I'm giving them. Um, and then obviously I'm, I, I try to stay really consistent about posting on Instagram. So that's at Ebenezer Samuel 23. That's all my kind of stuff that I really want to give people so that they can figure out their workouts. And then I, on TikTok, I post all my random super heroic nonsense. So that's at Ebenezer five. If anybody wants to hang out there. And thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate the conversation. No problem. Thank you for having me on. 